This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from the record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving the North Shore high school sports scene. From the Friday Night Drive, I am Michael Dwojak here with the record North Shore founding member, Joe Coglin. We are uh, getting into it, folks, as we are uh, heading into the final stretch of January. Some uh, winter postseasons have started. Some conference tournaments are going to be taking place. And for basketball, um, we are heading down the final stretch and uh, getting some good uh, final last couple weeks of the season matchups going on as well. So um, really heading into high gear now as their uh, MLK Junior Day. We're really uh, um, getting into it. So we've got a lot to talk about in this week's episode of the podcast. We'll do our regular four-quarter format. First quarter, we'll recap a lot of things that happened over the past week. Um, in the second quarter, we will play or uh, we'll hear from uh, Nutria Boys uh, basketball coach Scott Fricky about a major accomplishment for the coach. Um, in the third quarter, we play Way or No Way, a weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, um, we preview some things that we're looking forward to uh, this upcoming week. A lot of good stuff going on. So we'll chat it up there. Uh, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Uh, make sure you look us up for the varsity uh, the record North Shore. I know, obviously, uh, we actually heard back and um, know there are uh, different names out there. But uh, the new and uh, improved varsity is under a different name. So make sure you look us up there. Um, and you can always find our link um, on the record North Shore. They're always there, always uh, sharing them on Twitter as well and Facebook. So um, make sure you check all of us out there. Always appreciate the subscriptions and always appreciate uh, the kind words and feedback. Always great to hear some fans as well. But um, Joe, I'm going to bring you in because we've got a lot to talk about after what happened over the past week. Um, and why don't we start things off with um, a pretty big win for uh, the Leo Academy boys basketball team. Um, them and uh, the girls team both took place in the Jesuit Cup games. Um, both Loyola and St. Ignatius playing against each other on Friday. Um, let's start with the boys who um, we kind of talked about how, you know, the St. Ignatius team is a little, you know, unpredictable, has some talent, has some really good stuff. And um, it'll be really interesting to see how the Ramblers are really able to, uh, um, you know, kind of control the game and kind of dictate some play there. And uh, the Ramblers really did that controlling the play on Friday um, on their way to a 46 to 41 win. Uh, Ramblers are now 16 and five, five and one in the conference. So um, Joe really turning things around here, um, maybe not even turning things around, but just kind of playing at uh, a really great uh, level right now. Yeah, they're, they're playing at a very high level. And uh, we talked about that. They were hot going in. That win was their fifth straight. And I think they've got one eight of nine or, or something like that. So they're playing really well. This is their full team. And I feel like they're uh, just um, still on the way up and, uh, they're, 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 they're looking to peak at the right time. And I think they, uh, they're on the right path to do that. St. Ignatius does a lot of things. You talked about it last week and how they had to slow down some of the, the big men that, that Ignatius can put on the floor. And they certainly had a size advantage, but, uh, Loyola pulled it off with a lot of what you'd expect Loyola to do toughness, um, um, just physicality from, you know, pound for pound physicality, deflections like crazy. They're, they're so active with their hands. Um, and then 
on the offensive end, working for good shots, um, passing up good shots for great shots and, um, you know, taking their time. And they, they know, they know that a shot clock is not, um, on their list of demands, but, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, working the ball around, finding good shots and putting the ball in the basket, sinking big shots, like free throws, like they did down the stretch. And that's what they did. It was, a another big, um, even scoring effort for them. We had 12 from Alex Angro, 11 for Miles Bolin, eight for Andrew Hollerich. Um, so just even scoring um, and a well-rounded game for them. And they took care of business on a very packed uh, home floor. Yeah, really cool win, a very big win, you know, to see uh, Loyola. I know Michael Bryan has the Ramblers now in his top 25. So um, first time there in there from the Sun Times. So um, a really big accomplishment for Loyola as well. And um, it, it just seems like this Loyola team has kind of done what it needed to do all season. I mean, their losses are to a really good Mount Carmel team, a close loss to an Evanston team. St. Patrick was a 10-point um, a loss. But um, it, it seems like this Ramblers team has really figured some things out, especially like you mentioned, winning eight of its last nine – or uh, um, winning uh, – yeah, excuse me, eight of its last nine games. So um, they're really hitting their stride right now, and um, it seems like they can continue to do that. Um, moving forward here, especially with we're recording this on Tuesday, so they'll be playing Montini tonight, uh, three and sixteen Montini on the road, where the Ramblers could possibly make it six straight if they continue um, playing at this level that they've been playing at. Yeah, and we talked about kind of why we think it is at least, um, you know, getting those football players back and and working them into the rotation was big for them, um, and it took a little while because you know sometimes usually they have football players on their roster. Um, and it's tough because the football team usually plays this year until the final game, but late into the fall, early winter. And it takes a bit to get them going. This time they're, they're you know, very big parts of the rotation. Um, so guys like Hollerich and, and Hayes. So they're looking good. They're in that rotation. It really helps with the defensive side of the ball as if they needed more weapons on that defensive side. Um, um, athleticism and, uh, you know, physicality, but that's, who they are. And I think they're, they're kind of announcing their presence with authority against all these good teams that are um, used to doing certain things. Loyola can just take you out of that. And I'm very interested to see, you know, assuming they don't have a slip up here against my Montini, they should take care of that one um, on the road, but then they got to go to brother rice on the road. And that's going to be a very tough game. Brother rice, one of the better teams in the state, I think in the top 10 or top 12. Um, and, uh, they're going to have to stop that point guard Brother Rice has and slow him down. I'm confident they can do that, but can they do that and without giving up other big aspects of Brother Rice's uh, to Brother Rice? So um, that's on Friday night, but it's so it's a big, you know, and they don't stop getting tested the rest of the way. So they got the Paul Prep um, on the schedule here. They got Bolingbrook on the schedule. Um, so it's a they'll be have those tough games, wins or losses down the stretch to prepare them for that postseason, and they're going to be a tough out once we get there. Yeah, definitely, and we'll talk more about that uh, upcoming schedule when we preview stuff in the fourth quarter, but um, some really good stuff from Loyola playing um, in that game and really uh, um, picking up another strong win. Uh, the girls uh, played to start off that doubleheader for the Jesuit Cup and um, kind of started a 2-2 a two and two weekend for the Ramblers. Uh, falling to Ignatius 50 to 42 on Friday, losing the Jesuit Cup there. They beat Kenwood uh, 67 to 55 on Saturday, and then beat Manuka 49 to 16 on Saturday to set up a uh, 
um, a Hoop Fest uh, championship game against Loyal against uh, Lincoln Way Central on Monday at Bennett Academy, um, where uh, Loyola fell forty-two to thirty-five. And Joe, I know you got a chance to catch that game. So, um, from what you know about Friday and then what you saw yesterday on Monday, um, what kind of did the Ramblers in, and what has kind of been maybe kind of made the difference there, and kind of might be concerning at the same time. Uh, you know, during that game, we're talking about against Linkway Central, and that wasn't the championship, by the way. I don't, I don't know if that's how you phrase it, but it was just oh, okay. it, it was just a shootout game. Um, gotcha. A fun one against a team, you know, they wouldn't normally play from the south suburbs, Linkway Central. And Linkway Central, you know, as Coach put it, uh, got into them um, physically um, on the defensive end of the floor. The really, ball pressure was high. Uh, denial, ball denial was really high. Um, the Knights just were – we're kind of all over them, especially in that second half. And um, while coach doesn't want to make excuses, you know, I guess I'll make at least one, you know, that was their fourth game in, in under four days, you know, Friday, two Saturday, and then one Monday morning. And uh, they looked a bit gassed. Um, you know, some of their shots were short. Uh, once they got to the rim, it wasn't very, or to the rim or they got their shots off. We were off the mark a little bit here or there. And um they were out rebounded a lot in the fourth quarter. They were outsized, but they're used to that. So uh, I think they just kind of ran out of gas after that, and and uh, the the and credit the Knights' pressure for doing that to them, really taking them off their game and out of their comfort zone. And they just didn't react how uh, you would expect the Loyola Academy team to react. So um, I think maybe they they a lot of energy was spent on Saturday, and of course during the Jesuit Cup and emotional one, they come back Saturday to beat. Who, who some some rankings had number two in the state is, is Kenwood. Um, they beat Kenwood. Then they travel again that same day to beat um, a team out in DeKalb. I think they played Manuka out there and beat them. So um, it was a busy weekend, and I think they just didn't have a good performance and didn't have the maybe energy or boost to recover. Um, and credit Linkway Central's uh, combo guard, um, I'm going to mispronounce her name, but I'm going to try uh, Asia Newson Cole. Um, she's really good. And she hit all the big shots down the stretch to give Central the win. So you mentioned this with Loyola. I mean, is it pretty much, do you kind of quite put in more to, you know, tiredness and playing more games or did Lincoln Way Central kind of maybe find a, maybe not a flaw, but maybe a loophole or um, maybe a weakness for Loyola where maybe they can match up with, you know, size and that kind of stuff. I mean, just what do you kind of credit um what Monday was I think it was a combo but I think that the Knights pressure and uh Cole on the offensive end was kind of just a force and how she can dribble drive take you off the bounce move around a lot you got to work on defense um so then to come back and have to work really hard on offense because you're getting that pressure uh I think that exposed maybe some fatigue uh and and you, maybe if if the pressure wasn't there, they can overcome that fatigue. But when you got to work that hard the whole the whole time, um, and you're a young team, you know Loyola doesn't have a senior on the roster, not one. Um, their their stars are two juniors. They played three for two to three freshmen, um, and and a few sophomores. So um, I, I just think that kind of exposed uh, a team that's in that's still in progress and building, and one that was tired. How important do you feel like kind of these weekends kind of are to, you know, a playoff push where, um, I mean, obviously in the high school or in the IHSA tournament, you don't play, you know, 
three games in two days or anything like that, but just, you know, kind of getting that tournament feel and kind of getting that chance of playing different teams and try trying to, uh, you know, game plan pretty quickly and trying to watch some tape pretty quickly. I mean, how helpful is a weekend like this, especially for a team as young, like you mentioned? I, I think it's huge. I think it's invaluable because not only are you playing um, a team you're maybe used to, like St. Ignatius, but you're playing Manuka, Kenwood, Linkaway Central. These are three different styles, three different teams, um, including Ignatius, who maybe you're used to. Then you go and play um, completely different opponents and style of play. And for a young team to see how that is and get used to it, um, whether they realize it or not right away, it's, it's going to affect them. And they're going to be impacted and carry that with them through the rest of the season. It's huge. And that's what the great thing about the shootouts. I think that's why you're kind of seeing a uh, a golden era of shootouts here. Is these teams really like them, and especially the fans love them. Um, I can tell you that they love going out and seeing new teams. And oh, we get to play this team from the north that's really good, or we get to play um, number ten and we're number two. Things like that. That's fun um, uh, for the fans and for the players and the coaches. And um, you can take lessons down the road. So I really do think it's. It's not um, just coach speak. I think it really matters for these teams, especially the young teams like Loyola. All right, we'll touch more on Loyola in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter as well. Uh, let's jump on over now to the New Trier boys basketball team who um, had a pretty commanding win against Maine South 55 to 25. Um, so that's not really the story of the game, but um, Coach Scott Fricky picked up his 300th uh, career win. Um, a really big milestone for Fricky, who's been at uh, New Trier for 15 years now. Um, so a, a really big win, Joe, for a coach that has really helped, uh, um, you know, kind of continue the success at the Trevian program for uh, a long time now. Yeah. Um, congrats to coach um, and his staff, his players, the whole program, really. Um, New Trier has been a basketball program for a long time. Um, you know, you could probably call it a basketball school um, of the major sports, of course, it's a, a swimming school and a um, um, lacrosse school, too. But um, people love Nutria basketball. It's kind of a system um, that's been passed down from, you know, coach to coach. And Fricky's been very successful at implementing it and getting the racking up the wins since he took over in the late 2000s. Um, these past few years have really been up there. Um, I think I put in the story he had a I think in the past three years, they've been 13 and two and then 30 and three. And then this year so far, they're 17 and three. So that's like an 87, uh, you know, winning percentage. Um, pretty high. And that helped them get to the 300 mark. Um, six regional titles, one sectional titles. That sectional title team uh, took the best team I've ever seen, Simeon, the Jabari Parker Jalen Tate, Kendrick Nunn, Simeon team um, all the way to the wire in the super sectional that season. Um, so that was special. Um, but uh, he's had a lot of good moments over the years. And, you know, we talked about that a little bit and, and um, just what makes him successful. And um, he says he's, of course, gives the credit to the players, the coaches, the culture. Um, and it's pretty cool. So, you know, 300 is a big milestone. Yeah, 300 is a really big milestone. So congrats uh, to him on um, you know, being able to pick up that win. Obviously, there's more to come. Um, they'll play uh, Farragut on Tuesday today. Uh, so, uh, and we'll have some uh, more conversations about their upcoming schedule in the third and fourth quarter. And you'll hear from Sco uh, Coach Fricky in the second quarter when he joins the program. But um, we're going to move on here in the first quarter and finish up some talks uh, that we still have to go on about. Um, 
one of the other things that we wanted to talk about was a really cool little story that um, has kind of been taking place with the Highland Park girls basketball team. Joe, um, I know you brought it to my attention when we were kind of talk about, talking about what we were going to talk about. And um, you're going to have a story about uh, what the Giants have kind of been able to accomplish this season where um, maybe with the overall, you know, record and that kind of stuff, maybe it doesn't seem like it's that big of an accomplishment. But when you look at the context and um, the recent history, um, it's been a, a very big year for uh, the Giants girls basketball program. Yeah, you know, a lot of time, yeah, you know, on this podcast and just in general, um, you know, a lot of wins and a lot of success and rankings get the get the ink and get the headlines. But you know, success is relative to to every team, and uh, for Highland Park, um, not many teams can say they've they've multiplied their win total by by nine. And uh, that's where Highland Park is right now. We're only halfway through the season, so the past two years. They went winless in the kind of pandemic shortened season in 21 and um, only picked up one win last year out of about 25 games last uh, in uh, yeah, last season, 22. And and this year uh, they've already got nine wins and they're an above 500 team. Um, they're nine and seven. They, they were nine and six, now they're nine and seven after a conference loss. They've got three conference wins. Um, so it's just been a, a really cool, I want, I want to say complete turnaround, but um growth of that program after a, a couple of years of, of just struggling, um, especially in the win column. So um, it's just, I, I think that that deserves recognition and, and I'm glad we got to talk, get to talk about it. Yeah. It's a very cool story. And I, I know what you'll hit more on it, you know, in your story and um, make sure to check that out at the record org. but based on what you know, just what has kind of been the main reason for, you know, kind of changing things up a little bit here in 23. I think the main thing, and for two reasons, but the main thing is new players. So they got two freshmen in who have moved in the starting lineup, Maddie Shabbat and um, Reese Crosby. So one's a post, one's a point guard, their primary ball handler. Those are two huge positions on the basketball court um, for you. And what it's really done, of course, Maddie's, they're, they're both good. They both play travel. So they got a couple AU kids in there who know the game, who've been playing the game um, in their lineup. Um, but, you know, Maddie's their leading scorer and leading rebounder. So she's been a very successful and prolific since she joined the roster. What that has also done, having those kind of two key positions taken up, um, it's freed up some of the returning players. So Mackenzie Reitmeyer's having a really nice year um, as a junior, uh, playing more off the ball, not having to bring it up, not having to dive into the post. Um, so, she, you know, she's averaging, she, she's having her best season. Um, they're able to free her up for outside shooting. She's the best, team's best three-point shooter. In two recent games, I think she put up she, in the Grow the Game tournament, she put up 18 in uh, their first win against Lane Tech and then 16 in their next win against um, Normal U High. So um, that's kind of what those two freshmen, of course, they produce, but also their presence frees up some other players to do some things. It's just a more rounded a deeper team. Um, and I think that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, you get some more players in there and you can really free up um, what you do on both sides of the basketball. Right. Definitely. So make sure you check out Joe's story. He'll have it up uh, on the record North shore um, in the coming days. So make sure you subscribe and check out that story. Should be some good stuff there. Right, we're going to wrap up the first quarter here with the regional championship, new cheer, uh, boys bowling had a successful run over the weekend, winning another regional championship and uh, setting themselves up, Joe, for a run uh, to hopefully uh, make it down the state. 
Yeah, okay. Like we talked about last week, you know, they won the conference meet and can they, and I'm going to make the same damn pun, can they roll that momentum into the uh, playoffs, uh, the state series? And they sure did. So let's hope they keep it going here in the section around um, there. You know, they're, I think, I'm actually not, I think Charlie Hayden again was their leading scorer in the, uh, in the regional, um, I think he was the the leader of the whole tournament, if I'm not wrong. Um, yeah, he was. And then Andy Fallon was right behind him, and then Henry Kelly. They were all over 1,200 pins across the six games. Um, so that you know, quick math, that's that's above a 200 average for three guys on the Trier, all finishing in the top 10 of the regional. So we go on the sectional round, and if they can finish uh, in the top couple, they'll advance. But maybe they get a, a, a high enough pinfall to do it as a large bid. Um, but they're looking good. And, you know, they won the uh, regional by 60 pins. So pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, pretty impressive as well. So hopefully uh, the Trevians are able to uh, pick up a nice win over the weekend and head down to state. So uh, good luck to them uh, moving forward. And we'll obviously get you uh, all the latest on their latest episode of the Varsity next week. But let's move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by um, Mr. 300, Scott Fricky, who uh, – picked up his 300th win like we talked about earlier. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with uh, Scott. Um, what are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, we're going to talk about um, <clears throat> what was key to getting to this point, um, some of the lessons he learned, some of his favorite moments, um, and just, uh, you know, kind of we kind of recap his career to when he started, who he started under, and, and you know, how we got to this point. All right, let's take a listen. Well, just tell me uh, how it feels, 300 wins, just initial general thoughts. You know, it's it's something that, I, I you know, truthfully, I don't think about a lot. It, it was something that, you know, you, you just do your job the best you possibly can and, and kind of the results happen. And, you know, it, it's just something that, you know, happened, I think, pretty quickly and, and – uh, you know, as a result of, um, you know, what is it, the last four or five years, we've been pretty successful. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's just a, a tribute to the, uh, the kids that I've coached uh, the past 15 years. What did you think of the ceremonies? Um, you know, I saw some photos from it, and um, it seems like they gave you a pretty good celebration there. What did you think of all that on Friday? You know, it's it's something that I had no idea what they were doing, what was happening, what was going on. Um, you know, Dave Brenner, my assistant, I guess, led the entire thing, and my wife was involved. Um, you know, it was it was something that I was really surprised because, uh, you know, I had a, a ton of family and friends that were at the game, but I didn't even know they were at the game because they were kind of hiding from me. They didn't want me to know that I was that they were there. Uh, and then after the game, when they all came down, it was uh, it was special. So I guess you know, three hundred wins. Uh, it's it's part of it. Part of it is longevity, but part of it is uh, you're successful. So what do you think has been the key to the Nutrier program in your tenure? You know, there's 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 so many things that I could you know probably talk about as far as that. Um, I just think it's, it's, if I could sum it up in one word, it would be dedication. Um, our players are a hundred percent bought in and dedicated 
to not only you know improving, getting better, getting themselves as 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 good as they possibly can, but they're dedicated into making themselves better so that the team's better. And and it's something that you know people who come to games and they watch them play and they're like, oh yeah, they're a good player. They don't realize the amount of of dedication, um, amount of work that goes into what they see out there. And it's, you know, they're, they're practicing all year round. Our weight training program is excellent. Uh, our summer is so rigorous. Uh, you know, our preseason is, it, it, it just, it's just dedication by not only the players, but, but my coaching staff, the administration, the community, it just, it just everyone is so dedicated to to being successful, and I would say that's the number one thing. You know, what are some of your your favorite memories, and and maybe some of your uh, uh, I, I don't know about most successful, but favorite teams in fifteen years. Um, some of the most, you know, I, I would say there's been a there's been a couple of, of big comeback wins. Um, in the in the last 15 years, and you know, one of them at the top of the list is is the Niles North sectional game uh, when we were down, I think 21 with about four and a half five minutes to go, and came back and won. Um, you know, I, I'm just gonna mention that one, but there, I think there were three other ones uh, that happened that were in, like. You know, the, the willingness of our kids to never give up when they're playing. Um, you know, two years ago during the COVID year, we had a comeback against, I think we had a 20-some point deficit against our very good GBS team and came back and beat them. And, you know, that we won the conference that year because of that game. Uh, you know, and I think, uh, you know, a, a, a huge memory is that Stephen Cook team that we had that um, – you know, won the sectional and, and took Simeon to the to the limit. You know, they were in the middle of like their three or four year state championship role, where they were just, you know, they had they ended up having three or four NBA guys, uh, NBA guys on the team, Jabari Parker and and Tate guy and Kendrick Nunn and uh, the kid who went to uh, Dayton, Kendall Pollard. You know, they were just loaded, and we were. You know, I think down two with three minutes to go, and in just a just a great game. You know, so uh, you know those are my are my game memories, and there's a lot of other ones. But uh, I would say, you know, one thing that always is just the time that I enjoy spending with the kids in practice. Um, you know, that's going to be something that when I retire, I'm going to really miss. Uh, you know, seeing the kids every day, interacting with them. Um, trying to get the kids better, uh, you know, th- that would be something that would be uh, probably at the top. Thank you, Scott, as always, for joining us. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. If you liked what you heard, make sure you check out Joe's story on the recordnorthshore.org um, to get the full story about everything, um, you know, involving the 300 win. And like Joe mentioned, um, Scott's uh, history and how he kind of got started and everything like that. But let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of way or no way. I throw out five propositions. Joe and I argue or agree upon whether those five propositions can happen way or no way they cannot happen. We're going to stick with Scott here. 
Um, we're no way, Joe, that uh, Scott is one of the best all-time coaches at New Trier. It is such a tough, I mean, one of, sure, yeah, way. Um, but it's so tough because they haven't had that many, So, and they've all been successful. You know, um, if you're just talking kind of about Nutrier, you go Ricky for 15 years, Rick Malnati for 12. Rick Malnati picked up, um, had a state appearance. Um, before that, it was Mel Sheets for, I think, like 35 years. We go back to the 60s um, with Mel Sheets. He was coach of... He's, a, he's an Illinois Hall of Famer. He was coach of um, Nutrier. I'm going to screw this up. No, Nutrier West. And then back when they came back together in 82, he, he became the, the coach of the program until Monali took over in the 90s. So he's a Hall of Famer. Um, John Schneider, who was the coach of Nutrier East, I believe he's a Hall of Famer. I How do you pick who is the best? I think it'll have to go Mel Sheets. I think he's got over 500 wins. But Fricky's certainly up there, and he's not done yet. Um, he told me he's got uh, five years until he's scheduled to retire. We'll see if he, you know, what happens then. We got we got time to figure it out, but he's going to rack up more wins. Yeah, it's kind of like that Pittsburgh Steelers conversation about, like, you have, like, three coaches, like, in the past, what is it, like, 50 or 75 years, which is, like, insane. But, um, yeah, I think he's definitely one of the best coaches. But, you know, it's hard to talk about all the different great coaches at Nutrier in general has had, but also boys basketball has had, but yeah, definitely way, um, definitely one of the best all-time coaches at Nutrier with what he's already accomplished and what he still can accomplish um, moving forward. All right, we're going to jump over to new uh, Loyola girls basketball. Joe, way or no way you're disappointed by the loyal, by Loyola's two and two uh, weekend. Um, by the way, coach Jeremy Showworker at Schoenecker has 300 wins, but um, uh, yes, and I think that sentiment, I know that sentiment's echoed by um, at least Coach Schoenecker and probably his players too. It, it was a tough weekend. The, these were big emotional games, um, fun ones too, and unique opponents. But I think they could have picked off three and, and maybe even four with the talent that they put on the floor. Again, it's super young. They're still figuring out certain things, how to play in certain situations. And that's going to be a work in progress beyond this year. Um um, but it's a lot of talent, so they could have they could have won all four. Uh, certainly three. They, they are a better team than Linkaway Central, um, and it's a game they I think they they like get away. Um, so yeah, I, I will say way disappointed. Yeah, I'll go with away. I mean, you heading. I think the question we asked last week was whether if they can beat Ignatius and kind of show that they can beat some of the best teams in the state. Because that was one of our questions that we were heading into this, just wondering. Um, and they lost to uh, um, a good Ignatius team, obviously. a good They beat a good Kenwood team, but then losing to Lincoln Way Central. Um, I would have been, like, iffy about this question, even if they went 3-1, and one, and maybe that's not a fair expectation of this team. But, I mean, they're a very talented team with, and a very talented program with a good coach. So, I mean, you have high expectations for a program like this. So, I, I, I mean, yeah, you're disappointed. I mean, it wasn't a good weekend. They're 2-2. Two and two. Maybe they learn from it at the end of the day and it ends up being a really good weekend that doesn't really make a difference. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed with it. And, and I kind of share what your thoughts were about it. Just you needed to win at least another game, if not more, two more. I mean, you just, if you want to compete, you got to show that you can compete. And uh, that loss on Monday honestly kind of left a more um, bad taste in my mouth than Friday's loss. But 
Um, you need to pick up another win. So yeah, way just definitely disappointed by uh, the Ramblers weekend or uh, this weekend. All right, Joe, New Trier boys basketball will face off against GBN on Friday. Um, well or no way, uh, Friday's game against GBN is the most important game of the season so far. Yes, I do think that. And maybe I'm hyping it because I'm, ex- I'm excited for it, even though I can't make this one. Um, but uh, it, it's the biggest game so far in the conference. Um, you know, Nutrier's hasn't lost in the conference. GBN's lost once to GBS. Uh, but they're all right there in that pack, you know, um, with uh, GBS right there too. So, and with GBS on the climb, it'd be good for Nutrier to get that added leg up um, as well. I know they already have a win over GBS, but they, you know, they get another one over GBN. I think they have a game plus a tie break. So anyway, I think it's the biggest game in that conference so far this year. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely a win. I mean, you, I are away. I mean, you just got to, this is a huge matchup. GBN and GBS was a really fun game, and I imagine Nutrier and GBN will be a fun game. And we'll be talking about this next week when Nutrier takes on GBS, and it'll be interesting what the stakes will be at that point. But, yeah, definitely way most important game of the season so far with just what this team wants to accomplish in the conference and accomplish in the state. Um, you need to show that you can be one of the best teams in the state. So um, definitely on that point. All right, we've got uh, conference wrestling happening this weekend for both of our uh, area teams. Um, way or no way, Joe, that you think that Loyola Wrestling can finish top three at this weekend's uh, Chicago Catholic League tournament? Way, I think so. I think they had, if I'm not wrong, they had a very good uh, weekend. Um, so like we talked about a couple weeks ago, I think they've filled in their slots here. They're looking good, all their weights and divisions, and they're ready to go for the postseason. Um, and I think they put together a top um, three effort. Again, the, the Catholic League is kind of top heavy. Um, so I don't think we're talking about a first place finish here, but I think we're going to look pretty good on the podium stand for the Ramblers. Yeah, I think I'll definitely agree with the way there. I, I don't, I don't think they'll, I think Mount Carmel is pretty dominant at this point. So I think it's hard for, you know, any team to really beat Mount Carmel, but you've got some other really good talent in the CCL as well. So um, I don't think Loyola is going to win it, but I do think that uh, the Ramblers will definitely finish in the top three. They've got the talent and it'll be really interesting to see. There should be some really fun matchups um, this weekend with some of the top wrestlers competing in that tournament. So um, it should be a lot of fun and something to uh, look forward to uh, this weekend. So I'll go with way. Uh, final way or no way, Joe, uh, Nutria will be competing at the Chicago uh, Suburban, uh, the Central Suburban League uh, Championships. Way or no way that Nutria Wrestling will have a champion? Oh, man. Um I one of those ignorant moments for me where I just don't know where guys like Wilson Wright stack up in the conference. Um, I know that they are a, you know, they're sexual. They got a couple sexual caliber caliber wrestlers. Um, but I'll say away. I think they push one through. I'll say Nutria gets one champion, one or, you know, possibly two, but I think one. I think way. I think there's definitely, you know, good talent in the area. But I think Nutria should be able to pick up a champion um this weekend and i'll definitely go with way um I, i'm not sure whether this this is one of those csl things where they sep- separated by division or whether they do it like the whole thing some it's weird how they you know split it up on some sports or not but if deerfield's involved in that then obviously deerfield's got a lot of talent and they'll be competing for um some stuff there but i think nutria definitely um should be competing um for some individual championships so i'll definitely go with way there as well 
All right, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we preview this weekend's action. Um, let's start about some. Let's start with something that we were talking about in way or no way, Joe. That's the new Trier boys basketball matchup against GBN. Um, it should be a really fun matchup. You talked about how um, excited you are for it, but um, it should be a really good matchup between two teams. That I mean, this game essentially could decide uh, the you know, could decide the fate of what the CSL South is going to look like. Uh, Nutria is undefeated so far. Uh, GBN's only loss is a 63-48 to 48 loss to GBS. Uh, GBN went on to win against St. Ignatius Niles West, Grays Lake North, and they beat Fremd on Monday. So uh, they're on a little streak of their own right now. So it should be a really fun matchup between these two teams on Friday um, at Northbrook. Yeah. Yeah, this is just going to be good basketball. GBN's really um, – they were good last year, I think, overlooked because of GBS and, and Nutrier last year in the conference. And GBN was good. They they battled Nutrier close twice last season. Um, and uh, I think uh, Nutrier actually – I think they needed like a, a, a fourth-quarter comeback to take them down in one of those games. But um, they're good. You know, um, Cohen's one of the best around. Um, Janulius is really good. Um, and they got other guys filling in. I'm, I'm forgetting one of their big guys. Sorry about that. But uh, it's a very good team. Um, and then so New Jersey is going to have to match up with them. And, and I think uh, we're, we're probably going to look at a, a relatively low scoring game as both teams know each other very well. Um, and they know the personnel um, and the schemes, of course. So um, it's going to be a gutty one. And uh, I think a classic Central Suburban. I know you, you know me, punch for punch. And let's just see who who scores just enough to win, maybe in the 40s, maybe in the low 50s. Um, I think that's what it's going to come down to. So it's going to be a, a fun one. You mentioned familiarity, but where does GBN kind of compare to the teams that they've kind of played with? Like, who would you kind of compare some of their, um, you, you know, opponents and how, how Nutri kind of faced off against them and how they face off against uh, GBN? Who would I compare GBN with that, that Nutri has already played? Yeah. Okay. Um that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I'd compare them kind of to a, a GBS with a team that can shoot from the outside, but also has, uh, you know, they like to go inside, but they can kick it. You know, it's they've they've got the horses to kind of have that well-rounded offensive game to keep you off guard. Um, um, and uh, you know, I don't want to say I'm trying to think of another team that Nutria has played. Um, they're not going to play super. Yeah fast on you again just because you know who they are they're not going to be able to um what were you going to say i'm sorry uh rolling meadows maybe i think rolling meadows um is too much of a anomaly man with 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 a superstar in, like, like a like a power five superstar in christy and then sometimes you know rolling meadows doesn't have a true ball handler like a primary point guard, that's his main focus. They shift that around a little bit. I think uh, GBN's more traditional in a, in the way they do that. So, um, but you know Ryan Cohen's he he's a star and a standout in the area. Um, so he's something you got to keep an eye on. But they can score from other other you know branches of that offense too. So I would kind of you know a well rounded effort with a superstar. Um, yeah, I'm blanking on another team other than maybe Evanston when when Prince is uh, healthy. With like opponents, I mean GBS, uh, GBS beat GBN, Nutria beat GBS, 
Um, GBN beat St. Ignatius. Uh, Nutria lost to St. Ignatius at the beginning of the year. So they're kind of pretty well intertwined where um, you've got some, you, you know, you got some, they beat some teams that you lost to, you lost, beat some teams that they lost to. So um, it should be a really interesting matchup between two teams that could be pretty comparable um, when they play on Friday. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think, um, you know, you mentioned the loss here, loss here, you know, when Nutria played GBS and when GBS played GBN, GBS was a different team. Um, GBS was surging when they played and beat GBN. And uh, when Nutria got them, they were still developing and figuring things out. And <clears throat> same thing about when Nutria lost to St. Ignatius, Nutria was still figuring things out. It was the first tournament of the season. So um, I think they beat um, Ignatius now, um, where they both are right now. But um, that's left to be said, especially we've we've established that Ignatius is a very talented team, but also uh, volatile and up and down and up and down. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think it's really evenly matched, which makes it more exciting. I don't. I'm not going into this game saying, ooh, can GBN pull off the upset? I don't – it's not an upset either way, if you ask me. This is just a pretty evenly matched, really good um, CSL basketball game. So um, I won't be surprised with any unless, – unless it's a blowout on either side, then I might be surprised. But I won't be surprised any team – either team wins. That should be a fun matchup. Make sure you uh, check out that game. Um, we've got uh, Loyola – we mentioned a little bit earlier in the first quarter – um, Loyola has an interesting stretch here playing Montini tonight, but then um, they got Brother Rice, who's obviously a top team. They got tapped on Saturday, and then they got Providence um, Catholic on Tuesday. Um, that tapped game could be a little bit tricky. Providence obviously will be a tough CCL game, but that I feel like that Brother Rice game will really tell us a lot about this Loyola team. Like, what is this Loyola team? I feel like we've kind of been like, oh, they're on a really good stretch, but like, who have they beat? And they beat St. Ignatius, and then you know, they had a strong win against St. Lawrence, but then they lost that Florida game that we were kind of unfamiliar with the team, but they beat Notre Dame, but they lost to Mount Carmel. So I feel like this Brother Rice game on Friday will really tell us a lot about this Loyola team and just, you know, how good and how effective the defense can be. And can this Loyola team score against, you know, one of the best defenses in the state, but also one of the best teams in the state? I do too. Um, I think this will tell us a lot because Loyola is playing really good basketball. I won't, I'll stop short of saying they're at their pinnacle. I, you know, I think uh, they'll tell you they still got some strides to make um, and uh, to where they want to be by the postseason. but they're playing really good basketball. So uh, brother rice, we know is an established quality basketball team um, among all its peers in Illinois. It's one of the best. So can, can we play along with them? for you know the 32 minutes by the way remember when we said quarters are 12 minutes i don't know why we said that it's eight i don't i don't know where we came up with that number i don't, I, I don't think it's nba but i don't know what happened there <laughs> we got lost in our heads for that episode but um yeah i think uh you know can you hang with them all game and you know give you put yourself in a position to win it um i think that's what they're looking for and um similar to the saint ignatius um game if you can hold brother rice um under 50 you have a great chance um so that's that's a tough task if they score above 50 you're you're, you're in trouble um but uh that's what they're gonna have to do and that's who they are i mean they've proven that i'm not saying anything we don't know here so uh, but they're playing at a level where i think they can do that to almost any team in the state how much do you feel looking at brother rice's schedule right now do you feel like this could potentially be a trap game where Brother Rice is playing Maris tonight, obviously the battle for uh, Pulaski. So that's a huge rivalry game for both teams. 
And then they get Rolling Meadows on Saturday, which obviously I feel like everyone always looks up to Rolling Meadows. So how much of a trap game do you feel like Maris or uh, Brother Rice, I should say, my Tennessee Loyola where, yeah, Loyola is a CCL opponent, but we have our rival tonight and then we have Rolling Meadows and Christie, like a Division One prospect on Saturday. And maybe you're kind of like, well, you know, Loyola's, the record maybe doesn't say exactly how good Loyola is. Yeah, it's, that's a tough one for me to ask anytime somebody, you know, we talk about what's this team's perception of our team, our team being in our coverage area. Right. I know what our perception is because we we see them and talk about them so much, but maybe they are kind of a, you know, just kind of snake in the grass sitting right under the radar to the teams like Brother Rice and Mount Carmel that are doing so much damage in the Catholic League and beyond. Um, if that's the case, then yeah, I think it could certainly be a trap game, especially because, Everybody wants a piece of, of Rolling Meadows and and a superstar like Christy. Um, Marist is no joke um, that you want to win that game for a local rivalry. So, yeah, Loyola could just be sitting there waiting. And, you know, Brother Rice has kind of been taking care of business, even against a good team like Bolingbrook. Um, they took them down by double digits. And other teams, Providence, they had no trouble with. Fenwick, they had very little trouble. Uh, Marmion, um, little trouble. So if they kind of take down Marist in, in decent fashion, then maybe we're looking at something that could be a, a trap game. Um, I guess I just, I don't know how much of a, I'm, I'm in the heads of brother rice and how they, how they perceive Loyola. Right. Well, that should be a fun game. So obviously we'll keep you um, up to date as to what's happening there. Some other things looking forward to Loyola playing Fenwick, Loyola girls um, playing at Fenwick on Thursday and rock Island on Saturday um Fenwick around 500 right now Joe um Rock Island also around 500 two games that you kind of think Loyola kind of needs to win um just with the recent uh stretch that they had here yeah they just need to keep that train rolling and uh these games again they have to avoid a trap game um you know Fenwick's around 500 but they can play basketball you just want to make sure that you uh you know put yourself in in good positions and and you get a little bit of rope against, you know, a team that's maybe not as accomplished as other teams in in your conference to uh, slip up here and there, but get those out of the way because the big games are coming. So, New Jersey basketball uh, slipped up against Maine South on Friday, falling 65 to 48. They, they, they beat Danville 56 to nine, um, an insane score um, in the MLK uh, shootout in Marshall um, they'll also play GBN on Friday, so that should make for a fun little, um, nice little mat, nice little uh, boys girls doubleheader. If you want to try to get to both games, um, that should be fun as well. Yeah, it's a big game for for New Trier. Uh, one because we're going through round two of the conference. They played Maine South tougher than they did the first time. This was the stretch, round one during the stretch. Maine South, GBN, GBS. They didn't look good. They just lost to Klein. They just did not look. Uh, they look like they were kind of uh, really stumbling and now they're playing better basketball. Can they pick off one of these teams at the top of the CFL? Who's it's, it's a tough, it's a tough league. Uh, all these teams are playing really well. GBN's right in front of them. They're also raising money for one of their, um, a, uh, for a charity that's associated with one of their players. So um, um, for cancer awareness and research. So it's a big game for them. It's a big fundraising night. Uh, hopefully uh, they can rally around that and uh, come out with a victory. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So hopefully uh, that all works out in a really fun um, cause there as well. All right, Joe, I think that's everything that we've got. Did you have anything else you want to add before you say goodbye? Something you uh, are looking forward to? 
uh, go Trev's bowling. Let's make it to state. Um, looking forward to uh, their performance over the weekend. Um, and uh, no, other than that, it's been a fun week. Um, check out all the stories we got on Fricky's 300th win. We got some Loyola basketball, uh, girls basketball, and some Highland Park girls basketball uh, this week. So good stuff. Yeah, definitely. And uh, if you see Joe around in the hood, uh, make sure you uh, wish him a happy birthday, obviously. Um, heading in, I won't disclose it unless you want to disclose it, but uh, a big happy birthday to Joe this week. So make sure you uh, are wishing him a happy birthday um, if you see him in the area or at your favorite sporting events. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> That's all you need to know, folks. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Varsity Podcast. We always appreciate it. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. If we're not there, let us know and we'll make sure to add it. We always appreciate everybody's kind words and feedback. Make sure you check out my stuff at Friday Night Drive. We'll have some um, more power rankings coming out. We've got recruiting notebooks as we kind of turn our focus to the class of 2024. We're in a quiet period, right? Or uh, We're in a uh, evaluation period right now i think that's what the term is and uh, we've got offers coming around so a lot of prospects in the ccle scc getting some uh big power five offers so i'll have the latest for you there and as always make sure you check out joe's work at the record uh, make sure you subscribe uh for not only the sports content but for everything else you need to know happening in, in the area so for joe and i thanks so much for joining us this week enjoy the high school sports and we will talk to you guys down the road see ya thank you for listening to the varsity uh, product of the record northshore.org your nonprofit local newsroom.